The Brum Radio Shop is now open with all sorts of Brum Radio stuff with everything from t-shirts and hoodies to mugs and posters and much more. Support Brum Radio. Go to BrumRadio.com and click on Shop. Thank you for downloading this Brum Radio podcast. For more podcasts, visit BrumRadio.com. Welcome to the Freak Scene podcast with me, Dave Travis, promoter, photographer and friend to the stars, some of whom pop into the Brum Radio studios for a chat. If you want to listen to the whole show, which includes the music, then pop along to mixcloud.com forward slash Brum Radio. You're listening to Freak Scene with our first international, uh, multi-international broadcast. Uh, we're playing that because we have uh, Dave Newton, who used to obviously play with uh, the Mighty Lemon Drops, and uh, uh, he's in Burbank, California. So hello, Dave. Hey, up, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing great. A little hot over here. And we've also got uh, Eddie Argus from Art Brut, who's in Berlin in Germany. Hello, Eddie. Hello. It's all, going, it's all going very well so far, isn't it? Yeah, so... Um... It's very confusing that we're in different countries and also you're both called Dave. I think that's going to make it more confusing. Yeah, so it's, well, that's, yeah, there is two Daves. That is a, that is a problem. And of course, um, yeah. I'm called Dave and my son's called Eddie. So uh, that's... Uh, <laughs> even Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even better. He was yeah. 20 last week. So uh, that's uh, even more confusing. Oh, happy birthday, Eddie. Yeah, so we're... Um, yeah, I think he's still celebrating, so it's okay. And uh, we're, we're, we're here today because uh, there's a, a new album out. Was, out. was it was it three weeks ago, Dave? Dave Newton and The Mighty Angels. Yep. Yeah, it came out uh, on the 14th of, uh, of uh, August. And so, yeah, that, that's, uh, yeah, my first ever solo record. No, it's, we're going to be playing some tracks off it later. It's an absolutely amazing uh, album. And uh, Eddie's here because uh, apart from being a longtime friend of yours, he, he also uh, he, uh, did vocals on the single, didn't he, which was released uh, again a few weeks ago. That's great. He did? <laughs> So, uh, like you have the same favorite songs, yes, that's it. So, it's, yeah, so just what was the single called, Dave? <laughs> the single is it's called The Songs That Changed Our Lives, and um, it's funny because I'd, I'd kind of had the, the backing track knocking around for a little while, and uh, I hadn't really got a, a vocal for it. And then I had the idea of just putting a list of some of my favorite records, and um. Then, uh, I don't know, I, I, I thought, I, I, I asked Eddie if he'd be up for for, uh, for doing the vocal on it, and he said, yeah, And um, but I gave him, I said, free range if you want, you know, range to, uh, if you want to change any of the songs around, and uh, he actually said, no, I actually really, right. <laughs> I really like all of the songs. Yeah, yeah. No, so these are all your choices, are they, Dave? Uh, they're, they're, I mean, you know, they're both of our choices, yeah. really. Initially, they were mine, but... So they're they're Dave's choices. That, yeah, okay. Yeah, There's I a, agreed. Yes. I, I mean, I, I mean, these are, there's some fantastic tracks here. I mean, and you did a little video as well, didn't you, Dave? Which, was, that, was that you in your, your home in Burbank? Yeah. yeah, yeah that was... Yeah, technology, that was I literally, like, just got all the records out, put me, uh, me phone on a, on a tripod... And pressed record and just played the track and just did it. it took like two minutes and thirty seconds to make. Yeah, it, <laughs> which it, is a lot, a lot, a lot shorter than what the Mighty Lemon Drops and I'm sure Art Brute would spend uh, making their videos. Well, yeah, in the eighties it would have taken two days, involved ten people, and cost twenty five thousand pounds, wouldn't it? So it's, it's amazing yeah, work. Bloody lately. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so we're going to be playing some of those. I mean, just some of my absolute favourites here as well. So, um, and we're going to be playing some tracks off the album. And uh, you've had great reviews for the album, haven't you, so far? And quite rightly as well, it's a brilliant album. 
Yeah, thanks, Dave. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I kind of just did it. I had zero expectations, really. I just kind of did it. You know, it was, I know it's, everybody's saying that they did all their stuff in lockdown or whatever, but I'd had the songs knocking about for a while and never really thought of putting them together. They were all kind of half-finished ideas and stuff that I'd got. And, uh, you know, it was just having all this spare time because obviously, because nobody, you know, because the closest thing I have to resembling a day job is recording bands and artists in, uh, in my studio and, Obviously, uh, it's not really the, the smartest, safest thing to be doing at the moment. Uh, and uh, so I've had a lot of time on my hands, so I just thought, why don't I put an album together? So, yeah. And that's how this song, that's how, what's how, that's how the album came about. Yeah, yeah. So, um, no, it's, it's, it's a brilliant album. I think before we, uh, we're going to play some tracks later, and we're going to play some of, the, uh, some of your and uh, Eddie's favourite tracks as well that are mentioned in the single. But before we do that, uh, I mean, Art Brute are another of my favourite bands. I mean, how long have, have you been doing Art Brute for, Eddie? Oh, ages, I realised recently. Um, we're supposed to be doing the 15th anniversary of Bang Rock and Roll, like a little tour this year. Well, that didn't happen, obviously. No. So, what's that, 15 years plus a year and a half? 16 and a half years, I think, Art Brute have been going. Wow. Yeah, I think you. I, I was out of town. You played um, in Birmingham, uh, was it a couple of years ago? And annoyingly, I was uh, I was out of town and uh, couldn't see, which is a real pity. But I know a lot of people that went along and said it was brilliant. Well, it was a strange. I kept calling it a small village outside of Birmingham. It was King's Heath. With the audience, I can't remember where it was, but yeah, it was. It yes, was King's. Fun. I think it was the the Hare and Hounds in King's Heath, wasn't it? That's uh, that we, was we it. seem in to mention that every show. It, we like to think it's a small village. Yeah, that's where I live. So uh, yeah, it is. It's got it's got a village square, so it's a village, isn't it? That's the way I see it. Um, and the Heron Hounds is so it's sadly not open at the moment uh, due to the current situation, but uh, hopefully, yeah, but uh, hopefully we'll be back soon. So uh, I'm going to play, if you don't mind, I'm going to play one of my favourite Art Brute songs, which uh, seems absent uh, at this moment, and that's formed a band. Yay. Yay. Ah, that's the amazing Art Brute and formed a band. I love that track. It's very, uh, um, it just shows the confidence, doesn't it, of, uh, of people when they start start bands. And uh, I love the lyrics as well. It's just like, starts off just more or less just formed a band, isn't it? Just really good, really good. I made them up on the spot. It's funny it became a single because I was just riffing, really. And it Is that came, right? The, the first recording, the first, the, the Rough Trade version of that, you can, you can kind of hear me making it up on the spot. It's like one take and I just kind of, I'm just saying lots of things, I think. That's, that's <laughs> even more impressive, isn't it? But so, so we're going to really? do I say, like, yes, this is my singing voice. It's because when I first started singing the song, that Keith, who was recording it, stopped all the music and went, are you okay? What's wrong? I was like, no, this is my singing voice. And that's how I got into it. So it's all... It's all just sort of in the moment, that song. It's that's amazing. That's, uh, that's even more impressive. Uh, so uh, we're going to go on to uh, to play some of the tracks uh, that, that are mentioned on Songs That Changed Our Lives. Um, and music is a bit like that, isn't it? Okay, yeah, I'm a little bit older than, uh, I think, both of you. but uh, So I, I, I was sort of able not, to not get... Not much, Dave. Not much. I'm, ca I'm catching up. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll stop and wait for you then. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I was lucky enough to sort of go through all the uh, all the punk gigs and everything. There's a lot of uh, a lot of tracks uh, that we're going to be playing, uh, like the Mekons and Subway Sack that uh, that luckily I uh, was able to see and, and and lots more beside. But we're going to start off with um, I don't know if you want to introduce it, Dave, Bob, and Marcia to be young, gifted. Oh, and black. young, gifted, and black. Yeah, 
That's what it's funny that because it's like you know it, it it's weird living in America now because like growing up in England like you had like even though Radio One that much Milan you could like make fun of it and that but it was great because it was like unformatted you'd play all different types of music whereas in America you don't get that you get like you get a rock station or you get a pop top forty station you get the you know the um, the uh, an oldies station you get. You know, you you, you you know, whereas you get everything, wouldn't you? In, 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 I mean, you, I know, I know, it's changed a lot, but in the seventies, it was, you know, I mean, I know we used to make fun of all the DJs and that, but uh, yeah, there were some, there were some characters, weren't there, on Radio One in those days? <laughs> that certainly was. But um, no, nah, but that, I mean, it was great because like, you could buy reggae records, then you'd buy a, a glam rock record by The Sweet or Slade and. Then you'd go by, you know, like my older sister was into like soul music, for instance. So it was great, really, you know, that there was all this stuff. And that's how, uh, that's how I know this, Young Gifted and Black. Fantastic track. That, uh, that brings back memories. Uh, was that one of your favourites as well, Eddie? Yeah, yeah. I mean, of course. It's a brilliant song, yeah. I was just saying, like, when I first met Dave, well, I knew some Mighty Lemon Drop songs, but I was like, Having a look, what all the sounds were called, and one was called "Young, Gifted, and Black Country," and I was like, "Ah, oh, I'm gonna like this guy." <laughs> I think it was like. <laughs> it was like so how did you? Away, how did you two meet? Um, it's funny. I was, first time we, we met. We, go ahead. You go first, Dave. You know, it's funny. The first time you ever came to Los, we actually met in. Actually, you know what? Because you played in LA on your first American tour, and you played at Space Lab. Yeah. And Echo, we played both, yeah, yeah. And I, I didn't go, my, Becky, my wife, went. And I, I, I don't know why I didn't go. And I feel really bad about it now. But she went and she came <laughs> well, back and she... Interview <laughs> over. <laughs> so, you've, you've been listening to Freak Scene on Brum Radio. <laughs> she, she came home and she was like, oh, my God, you will absolutely love it. Because I, I knew from the band, and that, but I... Um, and she goes, you, 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 you've got to, you know, you'd love them. They're, they're, they're amazing. And uh, and we, we met shortly afterwards. I think the first time I met you was, was it in London even? I think when you were recording The Little Ones, I met you with my yeah. ex-girlfriend in a, at the Spanish bar. Like, I think it was even when the drinking laws hadn't changed yet. So it was like an after-hours drinking place. And we got absolutely <laughs> hammered and spoke about denim for ages. And met again properly. When I visited you, when I, next time we played in LA, I went to your house. I think that's right. Like, that's when that's when really. Uh, that's yeah. That that that's right. Then because you're yeah. in LA, then when I would go, generally, you know, I'd go to the UK once a year. But you're right. It was I was working with the little ones, and I was in London. That was that was like 2007, six, seven. Wow. Yeah, something. Time. It was a long time ago. Blimey. <laughs> And is this the uh, the first sort of uh, time you've sort of worked together on a on a track? No, no. Well, we had a band a band called Everybody Was in the French Resistance. Now, yes, that's right. I guess. Produce, and then Dave became the guitar player. Yes, Europe. I did. Oh, a... We did a Europe. Uh, we did a European tour. It was like a month long, and uh, yeah. it's really funny. The Birmingham gig, which was put in, it kind of put in at the last minute, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, like, it, it, it was, it, it was like a warm up, I think. Or it was it's kind like of an odd, an odd, 
it was like a warm-up thing and we were, we were play, there was another band on the bill i can't remember who they were who were like local and they were like re, like really young and really really popular and they had about like four or five hundred people in <laughs> we basically came to see them which and ven- then we came on which which venue was that dave it was if it was the one the was it the flapper and firkin oh, flapper and firkin yeah on the canal is, is that right eddie I think it was in the canal, wasn't it? I think I remember that because we were joking about how we should do a canal tour in a boat. I remember that. Because we played Dingwalls a few days later. That was it. That's that's why we were talking about it. Yeah, because we, yeah, we yeah, were like, God, we should just do a tour based around canals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's uh, I think uh, they're, they're planning on turning that into flats now. So, um, uh, it's a bit of a pity. Oh, really? Yeah, that's because uh, it used to be the longboat years ago in the seventies, and uh, it was. Um, it was I, good. I, I vaguely, vaguely remember that. Yeah, it's, it's a, a funny. Yeah, it's a part of Birmingham that I don't really know that well. No, you yeah. Been from being from Wolverhampton. Yeah. No, no, it's changed a lot over the last sort of twenty years all around there. Anyway, but, uh, but there you go. Yeah, it was a good gig, but good venue though. It was a great tour. It was a European tour, wasn't it? We did like was it like six weeks or a month or something together? We did around. Yeah, it was at least a month. We flew you to Europe to do the European dates, and we flew Ian to America to do the American dates. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone That's got a holiday. It was nice. <laughs> it was it was like yeah. brilliant. I had a great time. It was yeah, yeah. It was yeah. That's. <laughs> Yeah, we should try and try and fit a, 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 everyone's in the French Resistance track in later, shouldn't we? If we get time, we uh, we've only got two hours, but That'd yeah, nice, yeah, 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 it's good. Maybe, which one do you think? Maybe girlfriend. Girlfriend, yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah. yeah that's it. Sounds... It was a concept yeah. band, so every song was a response to somebody else's song. So like, girlfriend was a response to Avril Lavigne, and Gold Digger was a response to Kanye West. Gold Digger, uh, Superglue was a response to Connection by Elastica. It was it was a good fun. It was a game as well, really. It was quite fun to sort of reply to all those songs. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. brilliant. Yeah. And we actually we used... On... We did. We recorded the... Uh, that's right. The first three or four songs. I think we did out yeah. there. That's right. You two only great. pretended to record there, yeah? We really did it. Yeah. <laughs> 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 that's right. You two actually didn't. That is correct. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, well, that's good. Well, let's, let, let's move on to uh, one of the other tracks off the uh, songs that changed our lives. And uh, this is one of my favourites, Camper Van Beethoven. We'll talk about it a little bit first, Paul, before we play it. But uh, Take the Skinheads Bowling, that was... um, Because, Dave, you remember, obviously I used to run uh, the Click Club at Burberry's on Broad Street in the 80s. I think you were the third band to play, though, weren't you? In 86? Uh, Yeah, I think we were, yeah. We were. I mean, I would get... It's so funny, because looking at the... uh, On the the sites and on... on, um, Facebook and that. I can't believe how many gigs I saw there and how many shows and how many like up and coming bands like that. I mean, you, you really you, you had them all day. I got, I, you certainly did. It was, it was a great place. Yeah, it was just uh, it was just purely selfish, really. I just uh, we got offered myself and uh, Steve Coxon got offered the venue and uh, uh, I, I, I sort of booked most of it and just put on stuff that I wanted to see myself. So it's, it's brilliant, really. Saved me traveling around. That was, uh, it was laziness. <laughs> Ex-art student laziness that, uh, that caused it. But it's, it's a great thing to do, to just to be able to, any, any, I mean, I even put stuff on it. I knew I wasn't going to make any money. Um, I was going to lose money just because uh, I wanted to see them, really. And it worked out cheaper than having to travel to London and stay in a hotel or whatever. <laughs> so, but uh, Camper Van, but Take the Skin Has Bowling was uh, one, of, uh, one of the tracks that was played every week. And it, was, it sort of became almost like a, a sort of theme there was a, a few tracks that were, were like that and I, I, I actually managed to get book the bands to play at Burberry's 
because um, when the agent said, oh, I don't know if you've heard of this band, Camper Van Beethoven, it's like, you know what it's like, both of you know what it's like, if you're talking to an agent, you can't uh, show any enthusiasm or the, the price goes up, but... Um, yeah. <laughs> But it, uh, but it was great. And when, when, when they played, it was one of those tracks that everybody liked. You know, that, that uh, even the security, even the doorman liked it. And uh, when they, yeah. when they played "Take the Skinheads Bowling," the security locked the doors and came in and watched it with everybody. So uh, <laughs> it's a, that's amazing. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a lovely moment. I remember it well. I, I, I obviously had my eye on the door, make sure no one was uh, coming in, didn't want to lose any money. Yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> so, so I was sort of conflicted there between looking through the door and uh, looking at the band. But uh, let's listen to this is fantastic track. Let's listen to Kaufman Beethoven. Oh, there we go. Camper Van Beethoven, take the skinheads bowling. Still play it regularly as well. But um, yeah, no, that's uh, that was really good. So um, so we're going to move on uh, to uh, the next one is the Jackson Five. I want you back. Great song. Whatever happened to the uh, yeah? Whatever happened to them? You never heard much of the singer bloke, did you? Really? Never, yeah. never happened to him. <laughs> no, yeah. I, I mean, just amazingly talented, obviously. But um, you know, gosh, I don't know what goes on. I we certainly can't speculate. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Being an old git, I remember the TV show. Yes, me. Yeah, there was um, there was the cartoon, wasn't there? Cartoon show. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I remember really? it was on. I don't know about that. Yeah, I used to watch it in the 60s, I think. 69, something like that, was it? 69, 70s? I think it was still in the early 70s. Oh, was it? Because there was the... There was, was there an Osmonds one as well, I think? A cartoon? Oh, right. Maybe. Yeah, okay, I don't... I think so. Uh, yeah. No, I don't, I don't remember the Osmonds, but I certainly remember the, uh, the Jackson 5. And I think I remember yeah. seeing... It was... I think they were on because uh, another program I used to, to love was the Andy Williams show. Because um, still, I, yeah. I, again, I missed Andy Williams when he played Birmingham a few years ago. He's sadly dead now, but uh, but I used to love uh, love the Andy Williams show, and he had some fantastic guests on there. Uh, and I'm sure I saw the Jackson Five uh, on there when Michael Jackson was probably only about five or six. But, uh, yeah, yeah, amazing, amazingly talented. So, uh, I think on the song, if it, I think the song we're going to play, "I Want You Back," I think is not, is is quite is around that age, maybe a bit older. Yeah, eight or nine, maybe. Yeah, that's uh, it's phenomenal, isn't it? Really, it's um, just uh, just Crazy. natural natural talent. So uh, yeah, so let's listen to the Jackson Five. That's a Jackson Five, and I want you back. That, that's just raw natural talent, isn't it? It's just uh, phenomenal, really. And uh, so we're we're going to move on a little bit now. Oh, there's, uh, there's one of my favourite bands, uh, the Prefects. Um, I mean, Dave, you you know the Prefects well. Eddie, have you you're aware of the Prefects? Yeah, I was just saying we were just talking when the song was playing that I'm um, I did a tour with I know the Nightingales a lot more, and I did a tour with them. I was DJing after them with them and Ted Chippington, and actually. It's, it's Dave that got me into the Nightingales. We played in Los Angeles, and you told me to go along and watch them. That was a, That's right. Yeah, I love them now. They're one of my favourite bands. Because uh, yeah, I'm, a, I'm still promoting. I, the Nightingales are one of the uh, one of the bands that I still promote. We were supposed to do a show in April, which obviously uh, didn't. Uh, was it no I was October? Come, I, think. I was going to come to a few of those shows. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, we've put that back to next year now. So. Um, hopefully uh, that'll go go on as well. Yeah, we did a show with Ted Chippington as well, supporting who is again comedy genius. 
Yeah, it was, I did like I did a it was like a week and a half I did with them, and like it was just all of us in the back of a van. It was kind of amazing, and uh, like things like in Leipzig, in an art space place, Robert Lloyd said to Ted Chippington, "And how long do you think you can do without saying anything on stage?" And Ted was like, "Ooh, fifteen minutes." <laughs> <laughs> the whole time just going like uh um uh like he, gonna, like he was gonna start talking and he didn't and like some germans got it it's all in germany too so like some germans found it really i don't know it was it was just and at the end of the week i said to robert lloyd like oh robert this is like this is one of the best weeks of my life yeah. and he said why <laughs> like, a, like a really disappointed voice <laughs> it, it really was. I had a great time with them. I mean, I, I love the prefix fantastic. too. fantastic. I suppose it was one of the best weeks of your life, Eddie, but it was just another of Rob's life weeks of his life. Wasn't it, just it? Is, yeah, <laughs> it just his life is like that all the time. That's true. Time. Uh, Ted Shippington is uh, is a comedy genius, really. And uh, I think... The band with all those people was, like, amazing. It was just, like, really, a really funny time yeah yeah no no we, we put him on let's say with an eye together we did uh, Stuart Lee who um, cites Ted Chippington as being a, a major influence on, he, on his career mm-hmm. we had Stuart Lee we did a gig with Stuart Lee and the Nightingales as well which, uh, a couple of years ago which was, which was I, re- really good I saw, I saw the I saw that one in London I saw that at the, the one that's filmed you can actually just about uh, there's a trailer for the movie that they're, they're making on on the uh, on YouTube yes and you can just about see me and Becky in the in some of the footage. Is that the Moth Club? Yeah, <laughs> we're in there. Yeah. Uh, no, I saw I saw the I uh, went to a, a sort of showing before they'd finish. Uh, it was Michael Cummings and Stuart Lee just before they'd finished uh, the final edit. So I saw about sort of forty minutes of it. But um, yeah, there was yeah there was some footage from that. I didn't I didn't notice you were in it. I'll have to next time yeah. I see it. I'll have <laughs> well, to. I mean, you, have, you have to like look red and squid and uh, you know we're not prominent prominent in it, but. Uh, it's really funny. I remember seeing Ted Chippington really early on supporting dangerous girls at JB's. And uh, he, he had dreadlocks at the time. He had long hair. Yeah. Really? Wow. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> and Yeah. Uh, the, the, he, he'd seen now and again, he'd pop up with various people. But I definitely saw him with dangerous girls yeah. and a few other bum bands. Yeah, but at the end of that night in Leipzig, too, because after Nine Girls finished playing, got on stage and played the drums to In the Air Tonight by Phil Collins. It was also, <laughs> it was also I've got a video of it somewhere. It was also kind of, it was a very good night. Oh, yeah. I'd love to see that. I'd yeah. like to Dave, see, I would love to Dave see that. Dave got me into both the Nightingales and the Prefects and Ted Chippington. You lent me, Dave, um, Man in a Suitcase or something. You lent me like a... The Ted Chippington album, yeah. That was, a, it was great. That's yeah. right, that's right. I yeah. remember buying that. I bought that at, um, again, it was a Nightingales Ted Chippington gig in... Uh, Actually, that was around the time that I met you. It was when I was in London working again with the little ones. Mm-hmm. And on the night off, they played at the Bull and Gate, Nightingales and Ted Chibbiton. And that's when I bought the box set. Oh, there's the, there's the uh, oh, is that the, 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 the massive album right there? I can't remember. It's about four or five CDs or something, isn't it? Yeah, that's the one, yeah. <laughs> I went down to the, uh, the, the, the Bloomsbury in London. I don't know, it must be well over 10, 10, 12, 15 years ago. And Stuart Lee had organised uh, a gig down there and he appeared and Richard Herring and uh, Simon Amstel. And um, the, the Nightingales were sort of like the house band for the night. And they, they, play, a, they play a track and uh, Rob got drunker and drunker as the, the night went on. So each link was slightly more chaotic, but absolutely brilliant. brilliant. You know, it's only the way that, that Rob can. It was, uh, it was yeah. an amazing <laughs> night. Yeah, and I bought, I bought the album because obviously no one's going to give me one. So I bought the album that night. I've still got it. But as, I mean, that's almost a complete Ted, isn't it? 
It, it's so you know, one, one other super quick uh, uh, Nightingales one. I saw one of their first ever gigs. There was a place in Shifnal called the Star Hotel. It, it was a, a, a short train ride from Wolverhampton. And uh, they played there. It was like, I mean, it was like 1980. So it was, you know, just after the prefects. And uh, I did a fanzine at the time. And uh, I interviewed Rob Lloyd. And uh, but it, it it actually that it never came out <laughs> unfortunately. Oh. But uh, I've still but I've, I've still got some photos of the of the gig of the OG Nightingales lineup. Yeah. All right. Did you do you still got the, the oh it wasn't you didn't take the interview with Rob did you, you just wrote it down or? I think I wrote it down. Yeah. I think I could <laughs> afford it afford a tape recorder at that point. No, the price <laughs> of uh, portable tape recorders was through through the roof, wasn't it? Yeah, but the prefix there because they they they. they split up before they released anything didn't they so they didn't actually yeah. and they're, they're the prefect yeah and only, i think they're only together for probably just under two years but i mean they played yeah. on the the clash white uh, riot tour and you know they, they did, did yeah generally regarded as being birmingham's first punk band uh, in fact i was out with um, i was going for a drink with paul appley last night he was the drummer in the prefects and the nightingales yeah absolutely and nightingales yeah uh, well yeah i seem to have uh, over the last 30 years the, the, the ex-members of the nightingales seem to have made up a lot of my drinking companions so uh, <laughs> not sure what that said uh, yeah uh, uh, Eamon duffy and pete birchmore yeah. and uh, yeah and paul appley uh, apo as we know him so fantastic uh, yeah but we're going to play crew. yeah that's no, uh, yeah paul, paul's very well he's retired now so, uh, but he was a, what was his job? He was a fireman. He was, right? was a firefighter, as they prefer to be called what, now. Firefighter. Yeah, firefighter. Yeah. So he, uh, yeah, he's retired, and uh, I don't know. He's not drum. He's had no because he's played in. Yeah, I don't know if you know my partner Marie. He's played in some of her bands as well. He's. Um, I think he's a great drummer. I mean, he just used to play just like you know stand-up drummer. Um, with you wouldn't think enough drums to be functional, but he's uh, he's you know. <laughs> But he's, uh, he's just not interested in it anymore. And, of course, Frank Skinner, was uh, he auditioned, didn't he? Paul and Alan Appley auditioned uh, Frank for the um, for the, the vocal spot in the prefect. Oh. But he, uh, he's in the film, isn't he? I heard about that. Yeah. They auditioned him again in the, in the film, I think, they were saying. Yeah, he's called, I can't remember his name, it's Chris Collins, I think, is Frank's real name. And, uh, yeah, so he turned up to, uh, and I think Paul and Alan made him do an audition uh, out on the street outside a pub. But... Uh, <laughs> But, uh, but, yeah, it didn't didn't work out for him. Um, but yeah, so let's uh, let's let's listen to the prefects uh, again. One of my favourite tracks of all time. This is uh, this one's a very short one. Going through the motions. Oh, going through the motions. Uh, showing off at the end. I didn't want to talk over the end of Paul's drumming now. I'd never hear the end of it. That's the prefix and going through the motions, which is uh, one of the uh, the choices of uh, Dave Newton and Eddie Argus, our guest this evening on Broom Radio. Um, that's an incredible track, isn't it? Brilliant. Great. I did, I did a faux pas, by the way. I, I didn't think you were playing that one. I thought you were playing Barbara Ellis. Then I said, it's, oh, this one's really short, because no, I think... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's actually... And going through the motions is about five minutes long. Oh, okay. So I apologise to the listeners. Oh, yeah, okay. I don't, I don't, no one would have probably... No, we'll edit that out, actually. No one would have noticed, would they? <laughs> I'll tell you what we should do. As a, as a spoiler, we should play something. Uh, well, why don't we play uh, songs that changed our lives? Um, and, well, but then again, everybody will know what we're going to be playing uh, in the show, but I don't think it really matters, does well, it? They can anticipate it and be excited. I can, yeah, that's right, yeah. Exactly. 
So, uh, so yeah. So this is let's do that. Let's play. Uh, this is uh, Dave Newton, the Mighty Angels, uh, songs that change our lives, featuring Eddie Argus on vocals. This is a cracker. The sun. Oh, I say, well done, chaps. That's an absolute belter, isn't it? Ah, oh, thank you. Great. It was great fun to sing. It was good. <laughs> yeah, I really enjoyed singing. So how did how, how, how did you do it physically? I mean, did, did did you do it from Berlin or? Yeah, Dave. Dave sent me the track and the lyrics, and I could change them. I was like, I don't want to change these. These are this is right. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so yeah, so you just did your bit and uh, emailed it across. Didn't pick it up properly. So, yeah, that, that was the plan, but then it just took about. Dave sent me a microphone and I used a different laptop. It took about five different goes to get it right. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah. It, it was all technical stuff. He wasn't Eddie's. He wasn't. Uh, he, give yourself credit there, Eddie. It was more uh, the technical side than your your uh, your, your fantastic performance. No, it is. Uh, it by is. the end, I knew it really well. Normally, I have to like sing things from a piece of paper. We did it so many times because it went wrong so many times. I know it off my heart now. I know it. I know. I might, I know it very well. Might come in handy if you uh, if you ever. I mean, I, I guess uh, if things change in the future, do you do you plan on touring this or? Um, I mean, who played the other instruments? Did you play everything, Dave, or did you get people in? Um, you know, I, I, actually, on this one, I didn't. I do on a lot of this stuff, but um, I had a. It was a track that I was going to do again because a lot of the things on my album are from over a ten-year period, really. And uh, it's actually the, the the drummer on it is a guy named Jeff Sullivan, who's in the band Driving and Crying. I think of them, the uh, American band. From, uh, don't think uh, so. Atlanta, Georgia. And uh, my friend Chris Skane actually played bass on that too, who's been in a bunch of different bands and I've played with before. And uh, so that's actually one that I, I, I don't actually play everything on that. I do, I do the guitars and the, the backing vocals. Yeah. And, uh, and Eddie did the vocal and that was, and that just makes it, you know, makes it what it is. It's brilliant. No, it is. No, it's, uh, the, the vocals work really well on that track, don't definitely. Who did the, the vocals on the other tracks on the album? Uh, actually, me. You did, is that right? <laughs> yeah, I think I did. There's um, uh, Sarah from a band called Happy Hollows sings on one song with me, um, but it's actually me. I, I did, you know. Um, yeah, it's funny because I never really thought of myself as a as a vocalist. No, I didn't. I didn't uh, realize that. I didn't realize that, Dave. I don't mean to sound too surprised. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, yeah no. no, no, yeah. There's none, trust me, there's none more surprised than me. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, yeah the, the guitarist but, um, steps out the shadows like Noel Gallagher and, uh, and <laughs> it turns out to be a great singer as well. So, uh, yeah, well, I wouldn't consider myself a great singer, but I think I can just about, just about do the job. Well, I'd like to play some, a few more tracks later on. Uh, we'll sort of pepper them through this, and uh, there's, there's yeah. some incredible tracks. So, this is fun, though. Whatever you want to do, Dave. It's up to you. Yeah, I, uh, well, yeah, that's it. I, I mean, you couldn't stop me, really, could you, I suppose? <laughs> Yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm surprised. I didn't, I honestly, I've known, I must have known you for nearly 40 years, Dave. It's funny today because I had a Facebook memory came up of, um, uh, it was the contact sheets from a photo session you did with my, my one of my first bands, Active Restraint, uh, uh, in 19, and it was April 1980, or May 1983. At the Wren's Nest in Dudley. That's correct. That's right. Hell well remembered. So it's amazing, and, uh, really. I mean, I mean, I've done 
goodness knows how many photo sessions and, and stuff, but um, uh, some you just remember really well. And that was that was a fun day out, wasn't it? I liked the Wren's Nest, and um, yeah, it was great. It's really funny. I mean, I, but I mean, I can't remember actually how I did meet you, though. It was obviously before that. It must because, have been about uh, nineteen, probably about nineteen eighty-two. Yeah, it's crazy. God, that's a long time ago. Thirty-eight years ago. Yeah, thirty-eight years. Yeah, that's it. Wow. You, you wouldn't think we're old enough, would you, to known someone for thirty-eight years? Yeah, but um, yeah, no. Of course, the, the success with the Mighty Lemon, Mighty Lemon Drops was good. I put it, put you on a few times. That was um, I saw some great gigs as well. I think I've said many times that one of my favourite, probably one of my ten top ten all-time favourite gigs was your appearance at uh, the Sensitaria at the Xanadu ah, Rooms. Yeah, the, yeah, when you played yeah, behind yeah. that sheet. I think we spoke about it last time you were on. That was yeah. Uh, <laughs> that, that was that was a brilliant gig. Well, that. That was, I don't know if anybody who's listening remembers the sensitivity. It was, um, it was a Thursday night, kind of like, what would you call it, Dave, the, the night? It was like a, a psychedelic, psychedelic night, of, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's Mac, and, and he, still, he still puts uh, those nights on sporadically now. Get out, really? Yeah, really? no, he's been doing it for, like, since oh, 84, I think, 83, 84. So, yeah, nearly yeah. 40 years, and he's, um, it's just every every few months, but he... He's just got. That's, in, that's great. That's he's got impeccable hot. taste in music. He's just he really um, he books some incredible bands. Saw people like Spaceman Three and all sorts of people down there. Yeah, yeah. They, who play, they play that too. Yeah, I think. Yeah. I, I think I went. To, I saw them at you know, JB's. Dudley used to have a Tuesday night, the, the free like kind of audition night. Yeah. And I saw Spaceman Three at that, and like. I no no one is really that interested in them, and I, uh, I, I I you know I watched them. And I thought I thought they were great. Oh, I mean, they man. were Amazing totally band. unknown at the time. They didn't have a record out or anything. No. But, um, yeah. No, I promoted them a few times as well. So, uh, so Eddie, you've not always lived in Berlin, I guess. Have you? When, when did you? Uh... No, I'm not German. No. Yeah. You can tell, tell by the accent. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm from I'm from Dorset, and I moved to London as soon as I could, about 2021 20, or something. Oh, okay. And so... then Los Angeles for a little bit near Dave, and then then Berlin. Oh, okay. So, uh, so, so, did you, what venues did you go to in 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 London? Did you? Because not not a lot of bands played Dorset, I guess. No, I, there's a place called Mr. Smith's that bands would come to. I think Kanicki played there, and <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, and some other stuff. I, I, my band would play there regularly. And then, um, <laughs> that, was, that was it, really. And then yeah, I moved to London. It's just yeah, all the classics, you know, like when I lived in Camden. So like, yeah, Walls and I mean, we came along with that New Cross. There's a lot going on in New Cross when my band started. So kind of the, the Montague Arms and all those sort of venues down there as well. Yeah, that's funny because that I th- I thought you were from New Cross at first because I remember New Cross when. Yeah, the we new cross scene. I remember that. No, and that's what yeah. I thought you were from. <laughs> yeah, it was like us and Lot Party and the Longbones. I mean, the Longbones lived in Sheffield, so the the new cross scene. Because <laughs> we recorded a song called Top of the Pops, where all those bands said their names, you know, like and the Top of the Pops. And we thought that everyone lived in New Cross. So on the sheet for the day, we put the Longbones on at like nine in the morning, and they came from Sheffield in the middle of the night to record it. So it's like, yeah, well, I think no one really lived. Oh, some of those people lived in New Cross, but not. Not many of them. We were all just. I, I moved to Camden to be in a band, and then all of a sudden, I had to go to Newcross all the time. It was a bit strange. <laughs> the night by time. Yeah. Okay. Camden. So what? What? What time was that? What sort of year was that? Uh, two thousand and two, two thousand three. Okay. Four, yeah. Kind of time. Yeah. yeah it was, I mean, it really was Newcross scene. I've been lumped into lots of different stuff, but the Newcross scene really was actually like quite a DIY 
we were all mates. We all went to watch each other's bands. Maybe not block party. Everybody else <laughs> went to like went to watch each other's bands. You know, like I saw the Long Blondes a load, the Boyfriends, Violet Violet. You know, all those. I'm still friends with and people that I met in London. Those are the people that I'm still good friends with too. Yeah. Like Keith Double the Pops. You know, like it was it was a proper scene. I would say. Okay, so when did you move to Berlin? I moved when or why? Well, no, well, yeah, when and why, I guess, yeah. Well, when I moved to Berlin, oh, well, 10 years ago. My German should be a bit better, really. Yeah. And I moved, lots of different reasons, really. I was in, we played a gig in Nuremberg, and I saw how cheap the rent was and yeah. how nice the life was. Yeah. Said, oh, I might move to Nuremberg. And my friend said, don't move to Nuremberg. You can move to Berlin. <laughs> so I, yeah. that was, I liked Germany a lot, too. We played here a lot. We did quite well in Germany. Yeah. I, I had a job. I could DJ at an indie disco and sort of, my first moved here, so it was yeah. That, that was part of the reason. The politics in the UK. I wanted to leave really. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was right about when the coalition government started ten years ago. Well, you thought it was I, bad I, then. I, I could see more <laughs> coming on the horizon. Yeah, yes. I got out. Yeah, I, I, I think even in our worst nightmares, we couldn't see what was coming on the horizon. Yeah. But, but the last thing, because I, I, literally, we packed the van to leave for Ber- Berlin. I did the. I went on Steve Lamax roundtable, and did like the thing. And as I was leaving, I got in a very bad mood about like. British politics and stuff. It was like a scorched earth <laughs> like on, on, on six visa because I was leaving the country. I'm leaving the country now, yeah. <laughs> like in, in my van, and I'm never coming back. Yeah, it was, yeah. <laughs> so it, it was a bit of that. Yeah, I mean, I, I love Berlin, you know. Yeah, I, I really like Berlin. So it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. So do you, do you go to see a lot of bands in Berlin? Um, yeah, more when I, I became a dad a few years ago. So, oh, so that's it's everything, so, doesn't it? Yeah, I did that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he, he's come to quite a few like. And check and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I've managed to catch. There's a quite a good um, scene at the moment in Berlin. There's like Shy Bits are really good, and Gur, Fear Portonet, I sort of see them. And there's a really good festival called Synesthesia. It's like a psych kind of rock fest. It's pretty good. Like the drummer from Cam played last year, and um, <laughs> yeah, the, the Black Lips and everything. It's, it's pretty good. I, I interviewed um, Anton Newcomb and Alan McGee for a thing. It's quite. There's quite a nice. It was quite funny interviewing Alan McGee because I think you're supposed to ask him about like love, you know, like My Bloody Valentine and stuff. But I really, really like the Jazz Butcher. <laughs> so yeah. I, was, I was like, tell me about the Jazz Butcher. Yeah. We did that after, after the interview, not in the public. He told me about Jazz Butcher. No, no. I think no one else was interested as me about Jazz Butcher. <laughs> but yeah, no, yeah, but it was yeah. I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot happening in Berlin actually. So yeah, I mean, I love, I love where I live. I live near a, there's a pub like called Eight Millimeter, and they play basically. Every song we mention in this song is like the, the playlist in that bar, so it's, it's quite nice. Brilliant. Yep, sounds good. And you're, you're, uh, you've been in uh, Burbank, California for decades now, haven't you, Dave? Uh, I have, yeah, 1990, 25 years this year. And uh, yeah, I love it. It's, you know, I, um, you know, I, was, I, I, I moved to London in 1990 and... Um, I really liked it there. I was there. The Lemon Drops were still going when I moved to London. And we finally called it a day in 92. And uh, then a the couple of years after that, I, I, was, I was working at Record and Tape Exchange, which, in, which I think everyone who used to be in a band, uh, where they, they did, if you don't know what to do, you, you, they'll give you a job at, uh, uh, well, Music and Video Exchange, as it was called by then. And uh, so I did that for a couple of years, and it was great. I had a really good time. I met loads of people. Like I'm still good friends with a lot of people. And uh, I played with Blue Aeroplanes for a bit 
as well after the lemon drops. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Did you sell and, any? Uh, did you sell any Mighty Lemon Drops records when you were working at uh, the tape exchange? God, it was it was so it was hilarious. It was so funny. Like like journalists and like people from bands would come in, like with their Mighty Lemon Drops records. <laughs> Sign them for um, them. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny, um, but uh, yeah, so I did that then. And know then you know we were living in London and we were both working, but. We never really had any money, you know, like myself and my wife I'm talking about. And she, you know, she, had, a, she had a decent job, but, and uh, we just thought one day, you know, what a, you know, what about, why don't we try moving to LA for a bit? And we thought we'd give it a go, give it a year or two, just to see what happened. And that was 1995. And here I am now, here we are now. No, sounds good. So a bit jealous, really, because I fancy a change, but I've just got too much stuff now. Just be, yeah. just, just need a yeah, mess. Well, in, in 95, when we moved over, we actually, we shipped uh, 93 boxes of our, of our stuff. I think like 10 of them were records and, yeah. uh, Gosh, and yeah. CDs and stuff. That's the problem, yeah. I mean, I, got, I, I used to have about 25,000 albums and CDs and singles. Um, oh, wow. But I had so many. It is the, the you know, literally you couldn't see the wood for the trees because if you wanted to play something, um, you just right. couldn't find it, so I, I, I did sort yeah. it out. I got it down to about six or seven thousand now, but it's still right. still too many, well, really. I, I did that with CDs. We did that. Like I had like ten thousand CDs, and like, and I was just going through them one day, and I, I think I had like like seven Soundgarden albums. It's like I don't really like. I don't even like Soundgarden. <laughs> well, I got seven of their albums. Yeah. So I did a put. And I got. I think I've got it down to about two thousand now. Yeah, uh, I still I still have loads of records or vinyls, as the kids call it. Vinyls, yeah, they'll, uh, they'll always be records for us. <laughs> exactly. Well, so I have about, I don't. I mean, I don't count them, but I, I, I still I kept all those. But I've got all my CDs. Uh, I've got digitally, so I don't really. Oh, I don't know. There must be there must be three thousand CDs. Um, uh, yeah, and about, I'd say about the same. Yeah, I do occasionally put one on. I do quite like the the. the, the I'm, I've never really got attached to CDs like I did with. With records, especially seven-inch singles, I've got a short attention span. I, I so, agree. Yeah, so there's something about taking a single out of its sleeve, isn't there? And you know, putting the needle it on is. the vinyl. I don't, I don't, I, I don't know about you, but or any of you, but I, I don't really feel that I own it unless I actually have it in some physical form, yeah. whether it's even on CD or on vinyl or, or whatever. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I've amassed so much nonsense throughout the years, though that. Um, you know, owning yep. stuff is getting less and less important. You spend most of your life accumulating stuff and then you look at it and you think, why the hell have I got this? Why do I have a Mr. T money bank? You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> seven Seven Soundgarden albums. Seven Soundgarden albums, yeah, that's it. You, I you look about an intervention or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're hoarding and I should be like, dudes, you need to stop. <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you travel light then, Eddie? Did you, when you moved? Uh, no, I mean... Yeah, I've not got thousands. I've got records, of course. I've got, I like your like seven inches. Yeah. But um, me the too. CDs I've me got too. mainly things you can't get. On. I've got like lots of Yummy Fur CDs and stuff that you can't really find online. Yeah. But yeah, I've got, well, got, when I when I moved house last time, like a load of my records and comics and books got stolen. So that kind of that kind of forced me to, to like go well, down a little bit. But yeah, yeah. It's nature's way, isn't it? That happens to a lot of people. Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, records right. and books are so heavy. Whenever you move houses, like, why do I like these things? These yeah. are like. Oh, I, yeah, no, I, g I gave away. Gosh, it must be four massive boxes to to charity of books. So, um, 
They were just, uh, you know, I've read them. I've never, you know, I've never read a book twice, you know, so. Um, but living in Berlin sort of stopped me buying so many books because loads of them were in German. I can't. Yes. Uh, in England, I <laughs> turn the charge up and just like leave for loads of books. And yeah. I can't do that here. So it's, it's OK. No, no. Okay. Should we listen, yeah. let's, uh, listen to some music. We've got uh, another another one of uh, songs that oh, changed right. our lives. Subway Sect, Ambition. Shall I just keep, there we go. There we go. It's uh, Subway Sect and Ambition, and uh, Vic Goddard's still going, isn't he? I don't know. Uh, I haven't seen him play for a while, but um, oh, another amazing career. He also sang on um, uh, Nightingale's track, didn't he? It did, it did, a, oh, it did, did he? Last year, yeah, it's brilliant. It, yeah. it's like it's like what's it called? Like fuck commercialism. It's, it's, Co- a, commercial, commercial suicide or something. Commercial suicide man. Yeah, That's it's it. brilliant. It's really good. It is. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, I don't. Wanna... I, I love Vic. Goddard. I discovered like it's weird. I discovered Vic Goddard because. Years ago, somebody put on a tape for me. Clouds over Liverpool. It didn't. It was just not by him. It's by um, it's by the TVPs, isn't it? T- TV, t- yeah, teenage film yeah. stars. Teenage film but they didn't. They didn't put on it who it was by, and it's before the internet. So I just went into record shops and would guess like who maybe recorded this song. Yeah. So I got yeah. a big Goddard and all kind of different things just by trying to figure out who released this song. Yeah. I got really into Vic Goddard because of that. Yeah, yeah. Didn't actually record <laughs> that song. No, no, another amazing performer, really. It's, um, I love him. He's, he's brilliant. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I think we're going to. Uh, well, next, I think we'll do a, another track off uh, your album. Uh, oh, thank you. I've, I've just picked a few out, so we'll just pepper <laughs> them through. So, uh, this is David Newton, The Mighty Angels, this time. Uh, this time by David Newton, The Mighty Angels. And uh, my guests, if you just tuned in, my guests this week are. Dave Newton from the Mighty Angels and Eddie Argos from Art Brute. Um, that's a that's a cracker, isn't it? And, and what a great length as well. It was about two minutes. <laughs> Perfect length. It is, you know, the pop song. I mean, it's you know, it's just um, just something like that. It's just so just perfect. You just you've always been able to write a good tune, haven't you, Dave? Oh, uh, thank you. I try. It's really funny talking of short songs. Uh, um, What's the name? You know, Jeremy Page, he used to be in Rumble That's right. and all that. Yeah. You know, he, his new band, all their songs are like one minute 20, one minute oh, 30. The Asteroids. Yeah, it's really good. They've got, a, they've got an 11 year old drummer as well. Which is uh, amazing. Because we, we were talking about putting a gig on him in, in Birmingham before. Um, before we weren't allowed to have fun anymore, so. Um, oh, you should do that. You should do that. Yeah, well, you know, if I'm not too old when everything opens up again, and still alive, then yeah, definitely, I'd love to do that. But uh, yeah, no, they are. They're, they're just like a minute, minute and a half, minute and twenty, aren't they? Yeah, it's great. But it's Jeremy, really good stuff. Yeah, Jeremy's an old punk as well, isn't he? An old middle class punk like myself. Yeah, I remember him. From, I mean, we played with Rumblefish a couple of times. I remember him from obviously your clubs and Birmingham and Burberry's and all, all that stuff. Yeah, so he's, in the day. he's retired to the countryside now. So uh, that's right. Yeah, he's lorded a manor in in uh, a village in Wales. <laughs> yeah, that was really nice. He said some really nice things about my my new record, and uh, you know, uh, in fact, like uh, him and um, Rupert, yeah. uh, or he, he actually he actually bought it as well. Yeah. I saw that. Yeah, I know, which is like uh, you know. Uh, really sweet and Do- Dominic as well Dominic Crane yeah that's it because they were in uh, Low Art Thrill as well weren't they along with uh, Rob Holiday who was later in Marilyn right. Manson and, uh, and The Prodigy uh, yeah so it was really nice to get like the thumbs up from people like that it was re- really you know 
really rewarding. Yeah, nice. But it's it's great. I mean, you must know it's you must know it's quality stuff. I mean, are, are you so close to it that you you're not sure or? I don't. I, 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 to be honest, I don't. <laughs> but thank you for saying that. Is, is it that? Is it that black, just... black country modesty? <laughs> I think it is. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I tell you what. Now we're going to we're going to play a track next, which uh, I think um, I know that you love, Darren. I think you do as well, Eddie. And that's uh, Leighton Buzzards. And I remember Dave, Dave played to me for the first time, actually. Oh well, okay. So yeah, yeah. I, I saw the Leighton Buzzards at um, Smarties Club in Chester in gosh, nineteen seventy nine, something like that. Um, I saw that. But you, I saw that photo that you took, Dave. Uh, uh, which I should. I'll, I'll send that to you, Eddie. It's it's amazing. It's a really good pick. Yeah, I took quite a few. Good, yeah, it's such a good song. It's so good meeting Dave and being like, I like all these bands. And he's like, I like all these bands too. And have you heard this band? <laughs> yeah, it's quite nice. Like like an educational almost. And Eddie, if you heard the Little Buzzard, you're gonna really like it. I'm like, yeah, and I did. I love it. It's one of my favorite songs now. You know, so it's. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the, the the one thing I remember you saying, Eddie, is there's not a bad line in it. Yes, not bad. It's great, isn't it? It's perfect. It's, yeah, it's really yeah, it nice. is. No, it is because like, I, I was listening to it again this afternoon when I was putting the show together, and um, uh, it is. You just you you sort of forget, really, don't you? I'm, I'm not sort of always big on lyrics, but I mean, there's you know, with this, like you say, it's just it's like Shakespeare, isn't it? Yeah, it's, there's no placeholder. It's, like, it's all the way through. It's just bang on. It's like oh, that's right. It's, yeah, it's yeah. yeah. There's not an, there's not an ounce of fat on this, is there? No. I think too, like being like. Like, because they they obviously grew grew up just outside of London, but the songs about going into like the big city for the big Friday night Saturday night out, and it really kind of sums that up, you know, like all the lines in it are so great and poignant yeah, and what it's like. Yeah, 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 brings back memories. Let's listen to Leighton Buzzards. Yay! Lights and buzzards, and uh, Saturday night be beneath the plastic palm trees. That's not something you get anymore, is it? It's quite uh, common in the seventies. Uh, remember the uh, the Tower Ballroom in Birmingham? I saw New Order, that New Order, uh, Happy Mondays, and the Wonder Stuff yep. all in the same building. They had some plastic palm trees there and a rotating stage. Blimey, Tower Ballroom! That that was the one that it was kind of like on a lake or something. It's on a reservoir, yeah. Reservoir, yeah, Nedbaston, yeah. Yes, I think it's. Uh, I think it's, it's sort of been open and closed a few times over over the last few years, but it's been going for decades. But um, yeah, it's a, it's a strange venue. I think the Smiths played there as well. They that's right, they did. I googled it recently for some reason. I was thinking about it. You're right. It it kind of reopens and closes, and I think it's currently closed. I think so. Yeah, yeah. Well, everything's currently closed, really, isn't it? So, <laughs> yeah, it's definitely closed at the moment. No yeah. kidding. <laughs> yeah, that's it. What is that? <laughs> yeah, no, I have no, I have no idea. <laughs> what's going on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so what's it, what's it like in uh, Berlin? Is it, uh, is everything closed there? No, no clubs or is there no gigs there, Eddie? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. It was weird actually. We were on tour when all this sort of happened. We were on tour. We were supporting the subways on tour in the UK. It was quite, it was like, I don't know, one and a half thousand, two thousand people a night. Yeah. And I got stopped right in the middle of it. And I think the UK locked down <laughs> a bit after Germany, but I went home from like. A show in Manchester about loads of people to being in Berlin where everything was shut and everyone was wearing masks. It yeah. was like a real, a real, yeah. but the um, which was like a bit of a strange feeling. I, I quarantined myself for two weeks just in case, yeah, yeah. And then yeah. it slowly, yeah. slow, I mean, it slowly it was opening up a little bit. We, we were supposed to play some rescheduled shows in October with like 500 capacity, but they've just changed now to April. Yeah, so things are they're trying to open up the pub. 
the eight millimeter bar that I live very near is um they have music on a Thursday now. It's just twenty people are allowed inside. Yeah, that's but, um, a... but it's <laughs> kind of it's better than nothing. It's kind of getting there. Yeah, it's, I think yeah. it's yeah, it's, it's tricky, isn't it? Really, because it's the, the the whole idea of a pub or a bar is that it's packed out. And you go down there and you, you sort of meet yeah. people. It's not the idea that you you sit at a table. But as I say, these, yeah, they, yeah, these places, it's not. They've got to do this. When it, to when it, when it, I was like, that was not ideal, but it was so nice to see some live music. And well, and last week I took part in this art project um, called Museum of Live Music, and they in a building in Berlin. They, they built a museum to live music. They were pretending it was 2065. Yeah. And live music had never come back. So right. you've got a guide to tour of how live music used to be. Yeah. And it yeah. ended like a surprise show. I did, I covered Roadrunner and I did yeah. um, Emily Kane by us. And then uh, King King Khan and the barbecue, where they played. And it was, I mean, Gemma Ray played a couple of songs. But just that, just being able, just, just it sounds awful, but just crossing a stage and going to a fridge and getting a beer, like yeah. felt. Like, it's like, oh, I've missed that. You know, yeah. like, just the feeling. <laughs> <laughs> like, as well as the playing, but it was like, oh, there's that. that I've, I've missed all of it. You know, it was like, yeah. it's such a yeah. thing I've done, like, so often in my life. And I've not done it in, like, whatever, you know, it was like, it was just, oh, wow, this is. And people weren't expecting, because it was quite funny, the idea, the people that did it, this this Museum of Live Music. Yeah. People, people didn't expect, I don't think, it was quite humorous, to feel such a emotional reaction to it. People coming out like not in tears, but really like, oh yeah, yeah, this is a thing, you know. Like, I bet. Yeah. It, was, it was really, it was really, it was a really good piece of art. I think it was, yeah, it was just a, it was just fun. To, to only twenty people could watch a show at a time. Yeah, it was quite nice just to be playing and to play Roadrunner was perfect, you know. <laughs> yes. Like, yeah. People, really? people weren't expecting there to be any live music, and I'm like one, two, three, four, five, six. You know, it was, yeah. it was kind of, it was, yeah, it was good for me. It felt. Yeah. Of course, I, I've been to a lot of gigs where uh, even before the lockdown, social distancing wouldn't have been a problem. So maybe those bands could still tour as normal. <laughs> yeah, <that's really> <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so, so, you know, like I always say turn a disadvantage to an advantage. So maybe this is the time for unpopular bands to, to rise up and uh, and uh, take the stage. Eight millimeter, where, where it's just 20 people, every band sells out on a Monday morning. At the moment, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so is, is there a, what about the financial, speaking as a promoter, what about the financial side of it though? Are the tickets more expensive? Um, no, I mean, they're, they're, they're pretty a good, decent DIY, but it's like, you know, it's the price it would be, you know. The, the band gets the money, but it's just not, it's, you know, it's not that much money. No, 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 that's it. Yeah. Well, we'll so see. I'm doing it for that, I think. Could be just doing it feel alive again i think yeah well let's uh let's let's hope that uh that it's not a prediction of the future and that uh, live music does come back but uh, yeah, yeah there you go so uh, it's funny so I, I saw somebody po sorry po post something recently it was uh, uh i was playing to 20 percent capacity rooms way before it was uh... <laughs> <Yeah>, fashionable <laughs> that's right so what, what's it like in california dave same it's like i mean there's there's nothing i've not been, been out you know, to uh, there's Los Angeles, there's nothing. Even, you know, we have that place out in the desert. There's that uh, club, Pappy and Harriet, I know, which yeah, Eddie's yeah. been to. Yeah, yeah they, they've, they're starting, they're, they're doing limited capacity, distanced um, shows. Uh, nothing nothing big, no. but just small things. But, you know, it's a, yeah, it's the same, you know. Yeah, there's some outdoor stuff going on around here. The pubs, are, most of the pubs are open um you know you just have to give your your details in and uh, you, i mean you know that's be, they're not they're, they're not here they, they they did they did uh, they opened it first and then it kind of got you know people was 
stupid and you know they're closed again yeah i mean that's maybe the way we're going but it's um it's table service i always hated going to the bar and queuing so um yeah you know, as i say every cloud has a silver lining i suppose doesn't it but, it, uh, it is nice though because most of the like i'd say about 50 75 percent of the places have figured out some sort of outdoor seating yes that's okay in the summer is, isn't it but uh, oh it's okay in california but it's not well, Los Angeles, it's always summer isn't it yeah that's Good it so, yeah. Yeah. yeah you're fine was, you sit outdoors you know but. By, by on sunday here it was the record high ever it was i get confused with centigrade and fahrenheit but in burbank it was 114 yeah. fahrenheit Wow. And in nearby Sherman Oaks, it was one t- 121 degrees, wow. which is an all-time high. Yeah, yeah. I know. It's been nice here today, to be honest, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> we've, not, we've not had any drizzle for four hours. <laughs> it's been fantastic. Let's play some music. How about T-Rex? That's uh, Eddie and Hot Rods doing anything you want to do, or want to do. Sorry, I was uh, trying to do it properly there. So, uh, yeah, that's a great single. I remember that. Um, I saw Eddie and the Hot Rods as well, about 1979, I think. And, uh, yeah, they were a good band, really good band live. Yeah, I saw they did. I saw them in 78 with uh, the members. Oh, yes. At uh, Wolverhampton Civic, good old Wolverhampton Civic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's sadly closed at the moment, obviously. Um, but, I know. That's nothing to do know, with yeah. it. That's just sort of ongoing renovation work, and uh, uh, and I, I don't know what's uh, be a, be a while, a year or so, I think at least that opens again. That is a great venue, though, isn't it? And the Wolfram, really good. Yeah. So my first ever gig there was a Beep Up Deluxe, supported <laughs> by the Steve Gibbons band, oh, yeah. keeping it brum. Yes, that's right. Steve Gibbons As still in- going. He played a couple of days ago uh, outdoors at the Blue Piano. Right. Really. Wow. Yep. Still going. Amazing. Oh, Gibbo. Yes, that's it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I got uh, I, I got very drunk at the Eddie and the Hot Rods gig. I was very young, obviously, and um, uh, really I think it's the only th- yeah no yeah, and uh, it's the only time I've asked for a band's autographs apart from Frank Sidebottom. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> uh, and I don't even like autographs. I don't know why. I just so we we're, ju- we're just having a drink after, and I thought oh, I'm probably expected to ask for their autographs. <laughs> I got them to sign this. I know. But how can we how can we ask for Frank Sidebottom's autograph? But massive fan, massive fan, Frank Sidebottom. Yeah, no. I, I, absolutely. Frank Sidebottom was very nearly in a band with me. Really? Uh, I, I had a band called um. We did one thing for Gideon Co. I had a band called At Last, the English Travelling Wilburys. Yeah. And it was me and <laughs> Luke Haynes and John Moore, and um, Eat of the Pops. That Luke Haynes from the Auteurs. Yeah, Luke Haynes from the Auteurs. Yeah, and John Moore from the. Mary Jane and yes. Michael oh. Um Frank Sidebottom, we were going to cover the end by the doors, and Frank Sidebottom was going to do the talky bit, you know? Yeah. The end. So he got the dates wrong. So he what? got the dates wrong. So he ended up, he stayed in Timperley. Yes. Wow. <laughs> he was great, yeah, because uh, I, I used to promote uh, used to promote Frank a lot, and um, he used to stay at my house, and uh, I mean, it's a... Uh, he used to stay for days on end sometimes, which was hilarious because it's just like having the sort of funniest older brother you could imagine. You know, uh, just, as Frank or no, as Chris, as Chris, because when he put, because yeah. when he put, oh, I don't, don't know how well you knew, but if you, once he put the head on, he was Frank. So yeah, my, my friend Paul played in his band a bit. Paul Guy Missile played yeah. with him. Uh, um, yeah, oh, nice. about just being Frank's iPod. Yeah, and Jack, what are you doing, Paul? Uh, yeah, now John Ronson as well. He was in his band as well because John Ronson he wrote the that film Frank, which was sort of very very loosely based on 
Yeah, I've not seen it. I read the book he wrote too. He wrote a book about it too, didn't he? About being like a short book about being in Frank Sidebottom's band. Yeah, which is really good actually. Yeah, it is. Yeah, he's not. He's a nice bloke, John, because he used to kip on the sofa and uh, Chris Seavey did Frank. He did as well. So <laughs> I, I watched that film. It's a film written by somebody who used to sleep on the sofa about somebody that used to sleep on the sofa. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but no, no, I was, no, I was a massive Frank Sidebottom fan. We were doing um, um, a pantomime. Uh, yeah. And but sadly he died before we we sort of uh, got it finished. Uh, I mean, uh, it would have lost. If we're going to do it at the Civic Hall. It's um, it would have lost a fortune. So maybe it's just as well <laughs> it did it. It did I, it like a two I, I, so, I was DJing a few days ago and I DJed his version of Hit the North. Yes. And someone, came, someone was like, "Who's this? Is really good." I'm like, "Oh, it's some kid from <laughs> like." And then Frank Sidebottom was like, teenager. <laughs> like, really? I said it's Frank Sidebottom, and they were like, "Oh." Is he new? And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah he lives like happily. He's a yeah. teenager. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's funny. That's a great version. That Hit the North is, uh, is a really good version. Yeah. It's, uh... people, I was playing it in like in this bar, I did yeah, sometimes, and like, who were into it, you know? It wasn't like, it was like, it's a really good version. Yeah. yeah. Go on the arcades. Yeah, maybe get a, a resurgence. Mm-hmm. Restores your faith in, in today's youth? Yeah, that's it. Hang it at Frank's Yeah, I tell you what, let's 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 play another track off uh, off the album. So, um, so David Newton and the Mighty Angels, and uh, this is Avoid It. That's David Newton and the Mighty Angels, and uh, Avoid It. Uh, another absolute cracker. I mean, it is. Every track's uh, absolutely brilliant on this album. How do people buy it, Dave? How many? Say that again. How how uh, how can people buy it? Because I'm sure people are going to be. Oh, uh, uh, it is available if you want. It's on the usual platforms like the iTunes and all that. And if you want a physical copy, it's on the Bandcamp. Okay. I guess is the best way of getting it. Okay. And what do you you, you post those out? Do you from? Uh... I do. Yeah. I don't. I put I saw... A little note in there and a little personal touch. I think that, I think there was a sticker on it, wasn't there? I saw uh, saw Rupert Nolden's copy put it on Facebook, and it, was, yeah. it had it had Pioneer Town as the uh, as the the postal uh, that's, address. Yeah, that's uh, where our desert place is, wow. right next to the post box. The um, sorry, what do you call it? Well, the mail post office is right next yeah. to Pappy and Harriet. Yeah. Ah, the Pioneer Town. That's that's proper old America, isn't it? Really. Well, it is. It was actually Pioneer Town was actually built as. Um, as it was built as a movie set. It was built for, for making Western movies. I think Lloyd Rodgers was in Vesta. Oh. Um, uh, a bunch of Hollywood types because they were filming so many, uh, you know, uh, films out there because it looks like the, the Old West. Yeah. That they, they, they built Pioneer. It was built in like 19, the, the 40s, yeah. I think, mid-40s. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, crazy. Yeah, no, no, sounds, sounds brilliant. Um, so let's uh, yeah so yeah so that people can get it on Bandcamp and uh, yeah I thoroughly recommend that, that, that people do and uh, you, I mean are you planning on playing live at any point you must be itching to play these live must because it's stepping out from the uh, from you know from in, in front of the guitar amp into the to, into the bright light of the microphone yeah after all these <laughs> I years know, maybe I mean I don't know it's it's kind of a bit weird at the moment with everything of course but. Uh... I don't know, maybe at some point. I've done a couple of gigs, you know, I don't really do it a lot, but, you know, uh, I've done it. Uh, play, I actually played at Pappy and Harrods. We, we supported uh, Peter Murphy from Bauhaus and oh, Love right, and Rocket. Yeah. Uh, sorry, not Love and Rocket. Um, uh, and uh, what else do we do? We, I did one or two things, but it's just it's an, an occasional thing, not yeah. a regular occurrence. Right, yeah, so you don't fancy touring around Europe with it. Uh... 
expensive thing to do as well, isn't it, to get everything over? Um, it is, yeah. I mean, you know, it's just you know, it's a fun, fun thing, really. Yeah, definitely. Let's go. Let's go back to to the music. There's yeah. a there's a band called the Boys that uh, I know. Uh, this single Brickfield Nights is a is one of your favourites, isn't it, Dave? It is. I love that band. It's really funny because like when you know when um, you know when I was a teenager and I was on pocket money before I left school and actually got a job, and uh, it was right around the time that the punk thing was happening and. All of my mates at school would buy, you know, we'd, we were into the same stuff that I was into. They'd buy, you know, records by The Clash and The Sex mm. Pistols. And so I'd like to try and find ones that everybody else wasn't buying because I could go in their houses and listen to their records. Yeah, yeah. So I'd like I'd go for ones that were a bit off the beaten track. And that's how I got into The Boys. Yeah. In fact, I can tell you how I got into The Boys. I borrowed the album Alternative Choppers just from Wolverhampton Public Library. <laughs> and I couldn't believe how great it was. Yeah. And uh, so then I bought Brickfield Nights, a single. Yeah. And it's, 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 it's a brilliant record. It's, yeah. it's, uh, it's, it really is. is, this, is and this they're still going. They are still going. I, I, I did a little bit of... They're still going, yeah. <coughs> they, uh, they were going to do a tour of China in 2015, but it was cancelled by the Chinese Ministry of Culture. That's, that's, well, that's, that's after they got there. They they turned up there, all excited, yeah. and uh, had to go uh, had to go home again. Yeah. I know. Yeah. <laughs> that's so, crazy. I know. Is this one of your um, favourites as well, Eddie? It's another one of the ones that um that Dave actually got me into. I think. Like <laughs> quite often in the, in his place in Pioneer Town, we sort of get drunk and play each other songs, and this is another one of those ones. I think that yeah, we played, and I was like, this is really good. One of the great lines in it, which which another of my friends picked up recently, or I got him into it, is um, then the girls came with their long hair, high heels, and their makeup never quite right. Yeah. Phil Knight, which is such a great line. Yeah. It's brilliant. That sounds I can just imagine listening to this in Pioneer Town, (laughs) drunk in the middle of the desert. Because Dave, I mean, you're both just a tiny bit older than me. Yeah. It's quite quite hard to like. (laughs) Like, Dave, this is the Mekon. Yeah, I know Mekons. Dave, this is yeah. You mean you know? I, I think for me to give back. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's quite nice. It was nice education. Yeah, the stuff that I was missing. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Okay, that sounds great. Let's listen to the boys. That's the boys. Brickfield Knights. I think that's from 1977, isn't it, Dave? 78. 78. Yeah, 78. Yeah. <laughs> April, April 1978. Yeah, I've got one of those. They used to do, a, they did some Christmas singles as well. April, obviously. What's the catalogue number? <laughs> <laughs> it's, you're, I mean, obviously we're Facebook friends and uh, if, if there's just a sort of Birmingham Music Archive and a Wolverhampton Music Archive, isn't it, on, on Facebook? Yeah. And, and someone will mention any obscure band from anywhere around the region and you, you, you know, you've been to see them, you've got the single. <laughs> <laughs> It's I should of, get out more. Yeah, I, do, no. I should. I should get. Should get out less. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I should, should have a museum. I can just see you like you know curating a museum, a museum of uh, Midlands music. Oh god. Or, or punk rock. Maybe. Like yeah, but there's a, a band. Mine, a mine of useless information. There's a band, uh, Eddie. This band that you mentioned just before we played that was uh, the Mekons. Is that uh, is that that a band that you're uh, aware of then? Yeah, I love Mekons. Yeah, yeah. The um, it's what Dave was saying earlier about how he bought lots of like. You could hear the famous punk songs at his friend's house. I think, like, by the time I came along, I knew all the famous punk songs from just hearing them all the time. I remember I used to buy, like, cheap 
like secondhand weird independent punk compilations and stuff. But I got one that I was like it was Mekons, TVPs were on it, I think. Yeah. Wire maybe. It was like yeah. it was like a real thing. Like, wow, Mekons are amazing. But I didn't know they were so famous, you know. To me they're like some small band. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. yeah. And then, obviously, <laughs> older on the internet and everything like oh okay Mekons everyone knows Mekons but the um yeah I mean um, yeah I love them of course I, I met uh, yeah we, we played from yeah I mean I met him and everything like, we played in Chicago at the hideout party does and stuff and yeah yeah it was yeah I mean it's, it's great actually I love yeah, I love the Mekons. Yeah, no, that's where they live. That's it's where... not one of the ones that Dave taught me. I knew this one. Ah, oh, right, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I saw a great gig with the Mekons and Gang of Four at, um, at Leicester Poly in probably oh, about wow, 1979 or 80 or something like that. But, uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's one of the bands I never saw at the time in the day. I think because, you know, they they would play at like 18 and over venues when I was like 13, 14. I yeah. couldn't get into like clubs and I never really played the bigger venues. And I, I, I didn't see, I only saw them for the first time like three years ago, four years ago. All right, okay. Where was no, that? They were brilliant. They, well, a puppy and Harriet. All right, okay. <laughs> you had some great bands on there. I think we spoke about it when you were on last time, didn't we? Yeah, probably, yeah, yeah. yeah. But they, they were brilliant. They were great. And I met John Langford uh, through a friend, and he was a smashing like, guy, and a brilliant guy. Oh, he's great. I, I promoted uh, the three Johns in the in the 80s. Yeah. Yeah, and it's... Uh, well, that's... John, you know, John, John Hyatt's from Wolverhampton. I used to work with his dad. Yeah. John Hyatt from the three Johns. I, I didn't know until later that John Langford from the Mekons was in the three Johns too. It was like a... I did, yeah, lots of, lots of things like that. Before the internet, I didn't know anything. I just yeah. I had all these records. and didn't know it. Well, that, I mean, I how know. would you know? You, you, that's the thing. You wouldn't, would you? You just get this stuff. You wouldn't, and, no. Yeah. You, yeah. No, I didn't know any. I just... I, 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 I had some records. I just didn't... Put, Together, my head. I, yeah. I mean, we played John. He lives in Chicago, doesn't he? He put on like yeah, John Langford. Yeah. I don't festival. So I met him in Chicago, and yeah. I met Cynthia Plastercast the same day. It was a very strange day. I know a couple of yeah, nice to meet him and be like, oh, you're a real person. Yeah, no, I think she uh, she she's uh, cast uh, a few people that I know. So um, I think she did. John Langford. Think... She didn't cast me because I was nervous. Of yeah, her. and then <laughs> and then it was nice though. It was, it was a weird conversation. And it was lovely, everything. And yeah. the next day we played somewhere else, and someone said, "Oh, Hannah Montana's here. Do you want to meet Hannah Montana?" Yeah. And I was like, "Oh, I don't." Is that like another? It was a bit weird. Yes, said, I won't meet her. I thought Hannah Montana was like a Cynthia Plastercaster character. Yeah. Just Miley Cyrus. <laughs> I didn't know that. So I, I turned down meeting Miley Cyrus because I thought she was another 70s. I thought it was strange. Anyway, yeah. 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 <laughs> what, a, what a showbiz life, though. It is, <laughs> yeah. that, that, that couple of weeks. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I'll, I'll, I'll pull out the photo of me with Natasha Beddingfield at some point. Oh, yeah. <laughs> The first I'm time kidding. we got our visas for America, we were in the queue behind the Thatcher Bedding Field, and Echo and the Bunny Men, and the cast of Harry Potter. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. <laughs> like, it was just, this is, yeah, this is, this is the life. Yeah. In a very, know, very is. long queue for a visa. Yeah. I'll, 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 Even kind of not taking his sunglasses off and getting in trouble with the, with the security guards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fa fascinating showbiz life. You know, it's been... Uh, it is, isn't yeah. it, really? Yeah, yeah. They're my two showbiz stories. Yeah. I squeeze, I shoehorn them in. Yes, to... yes. Yeah. I, I always say that you can't... Tell, people say, why don't you write a book? But you can't tell the best stories, can you, really? No. It's, uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. That is true. Uh, and, um, partly, I can't remember a lot of them. I have to be reminded of a lot of them. That is the problem as well, isn't it? That um, we think we're having such a good time, you can't remember it. 
Yeah, <laughs> that's what they say. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so we're going to play. Uh, we're going to play a track that uh, I think is one of both your favourites, Dave and Eddie's. Uh, serious drinking, love on the terraces. Yeah, let's give this a go. Serious drinking, loving the terraces. I haven't heard that for gosh, I don't know how long. A long time. That's a that's a a, a great track. Classic, classic yeah. record. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I mean, we're, our time is pretty much up. I can't believe how fast it's gone. I know I say this I every know. week. Still, so the thing is, we wouldn't have been able to have done it because it's nice to have people in the studio. But seeing as uh, Eddie, you're in Berlin, and Dave, you're in California, <laughs> we uh, it would have been far too expensive, wouldn't it, to to have done it anyway? So, <laughs> so really, and it's not been too bad. Has it? I think uh, you know, technically, we've no. uh, we've come through it all. So it's been it's been great. It's been lovely chatting to you and uh, ch- uh, chatting to you uh, again, Dave. After after all these years, and uh, and, and like, Eddie as well. Likewise. Yeah, and uh, lovely to uh, to meet you virtually at least. Anyway, Eddie, and uh, yeah, you too. It's been nice. Yeah, it's been yeah. it's been really good. Thanks. For, I've really, really enjoyed it. Play some great stuff, and uh, you know, really enjoyed talking to you. And hopefully, we uh, we will be able to meet up in the real world. At some that would that would be great. Next year, we can all, all get together. Hopefully, maybe I'll come over yeah. to Joshua Tree, go to Pappy and Harris, and get drunk in. Uh... There you go. <laughs> Sounds good. You're welcome anytime. Okay. Well, thank you ever so much. And uh, so we're going to finish on. We've got a few minutes left. We're going to finish on another David Newton and the Mighty Angels, and uh, my first band. And that's got it's got, a, it's got a great line. Is a gateway to uh, a lifetime. Of disappointment. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, so you, you can uh, remember get this uh, album on uh, on Bandcamp, and uh, I really recommend everyone goes out and gets it. And um, thank thanks, you, thanks ever so much. Uh, absolute pleasure talking to you. Thanks, Dave. You can also thanks, you Eddie. can listen to it for on other things if you want. Yeah, well, well you want <laughs> yeah. people to buy it, really, don't you? I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't talk about the other things. Anyway, this is uh, this is my first band. Uh, there's some great lyrics in this as well. Thanks. Cheers. Thanks ever so much. Thank you for listening to this Brum Radio podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and rate us on your podcast app.